This is RC Heli Nation version 2.0. I'm Justin, and you're listening to episode number 229. Good evening, Nick. Hi. Good evening, Jesse. Hello. And good evening, Dan. No, Dan? No, Dan. Dan. No, Dan. Okay. Yeah, so Dan, I guess we still have an issue with the sheep flu. Yes. It <laughs> has not left him yet. Moved into Either his that, lungs. Or he, 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 he probably recovered and then couldn't stay away from the sheep. <laughs> right back. Right back. I mean, you know, hey, uh, habit forming. It's one of those things. But that's okay. Hopefully, he's going to be uh, well enough to get back to us next week. You know, he's also uh, been busy at work, so that combined with the sheep flu probably just did him in. But what are you guys up to? How how you been this week? Wonderful. Okay. All right. Anyone want to elaborate, maybe? <laughs> so what do we have for news? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what do we have for news? And no. that's what we've been doing this week. No, I'll go. I can go. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I got out to do some flying last weekend. Not a bunch. Uh, we've hit that, uh, oh, my favorite time of year, which is soccer season. Yay. So we're doing the balance of uh, of managing them, putting soccer games directly in the middle of every Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, we, we did the soccer mm. thing, went, and then came back over to the field. I, I got in some flights, you know, not as much as I wanted. I did get the field mode, which was nice. It was kind of chore day. Again, still banging out flights on the battery review. You know, I had a couple people ask, hey, wait a minute, weren't you guys going to do um, the Hobby King uh, Turnigy graphene pack? Uh, yes, we were, but, uh, I don't have one yet. I guess, man, I know they don't have any in stock to give. So guy emailed me back. He's like, dude, I know we're behind. I still want, I'm still interested, but I don't have any to give you. Okay. Well. So that doesn't work then. Yeah, then but you they are did without. email you back. What's that? Yeah, but, but I did, did email, email you, back. you back. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I want in, but I can't. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, it's it's just going to kind of depend how far I'm into it. it. You know, I know there are a lot of people curious about them. And, you know, I have, I have the Rev Electrics. So I kind of have an idea that it 
it's a pack that I want to try. How does that make sense? There's a little little teaser. Do tell. Can, can you give us a little bit of detail there? Because everyone wants to know about the graphene packs, dude. So, uh, 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 yeah, how do I do without giving away too much? Okay, how about this? So far, um, the only graphene pack that I have is the Rev Electrics one. So far, and, and there is kind of a caveat, and I'll give you a hint. You guys really need to pay attention to weight on all of these, okay? Because from what I've noticed, all of the graphene packs that are out do weigh more. Uh, and, and these Rev Electrics ones, they're not even out yet. They've, I think they have them up on their website, but they're, these are still kind of like a beta pack. But what I can tell you is they have the lowest IRs out of any of the packs that I have. Ooh, I'm looking at the, the battery database. Yes, and that is probably I did update. Now, that's not where I'm going to be constantly updating. You're probably this week or maybe next weekend. Um, when I get through some more cycles, I'm going to actually get a spreadsheet going and it'll be under our, uh, probably I'll put it under the, yeah, I think I'll do it under the uh, the review section of the mm-hmm. website. And then I'm going to constantly keep updating that so that you guys can see, you know, kind of where that's, nice. where we're coming from there and then, and just kind of follow on with the update. But in conjunction with that, I am updating the battery database because I think that's um, important to do. It's important to contribute. Um, yeah. So interesting results so far. Not what I would have expected. A little bit of a, hmm. yeah, just not not, <laughs> not what I would have expected. There were some very obvious reigning champions uh, last year. Might not be the reigning champion this year. They may have been dethroned. Well, and, you know, like we talked about, I, I've yet to see a company, and I don't want to speak ill about any of these companies, but I have yet to see a company that has not gone through a battery quality cycle. And it's almost sinusoidal for those who know what that means. It's like they'll they'll have... A while, six months, maybe a year, where the packs are just top-notch. I mean, they can't be beat. And then it can be anything. I mean, it can happen over the course of three to four months. The pack quality starts dropping down. And I remember, Justin, you had talked about, like, you were getting packs um, from numerous different brands that were different sizes and different weights. Oh, yeah, dude. And that's kind of a big, like, red flag because... While this is science, this is still all relatively the same chemistry. Yeah. Um, so it's crazy how big of a variation it is. And I mean, the, the database has helped with that, too, because as people log that new data, yourself included, you get a feel for what they're looking at. But, you know, two years ago, I guess in the 2014 season, I wouldn't buy anything but OptiPower. Uh, a year ago, Opti and Pulse were kind of neck and neck. This season, the data that I'm seeing suggests that Pulse may have pulled ahead a little bit. Yeah, they they kind you of know? they seem like they're almost like they're on the upward swing. Yeah, upward trend. M- maybe not necessarily going to end up beating the others ultimately, but it's a positive trend nonetheless. But I'll tell you, man, with that graphene pack, the data I'm seeing. Ooh, 
But I got to tell you, you know, it's coming in. It's a it's a hundred grams heavier oh, than man. my OptiPower five thousand sixty C. Okay, now now here's the deal, right? One of the things that graphene is purported to do for you is increase the cycle life. Yes. So mm-hmm. if you could get instead of say two hundred and fifty cycles out of this pack, you could get five hundred. Is that worth an extra hundred grams to you? So to you, the, Nick. To yeah. me, Nick, so after flying it, um how do I put it? Yes, but I would drop it down. I would sacrifice flight time to drop down to a forty five hundred if it was available. Oh, gotcha. To get to the try way and get yeah. the weight okay. back. Because so for the five thousand specifically, maybe a little too chunky. It's, my con- my concern is that's only one pack. Now bring that up to the seven hundred class helis where you're running two of those. So now you're yep. two hundred grams. Yeah, that's yep. half a pound, man. Now you're half a pound. Yeah, heavier. that's right. But I would almost be willing to do the same thing in the seven hundreds. I would drop down to forty five hundred, yep. sacrifice a little bit of flight time if I could get double yep. the cycles out of it. Now that's just speculation at this point, but you know, on the five seventy, I really feel the weight. I mean it's blatantly yeah. obvious. Yeah, 100 grams is a lot for a 700. So a 100 grams for a 570, I Quite I could imagine that would make a big difference, yeah. dude. Now, you know, again, it's too it's too early to tell. It is a difference. I'm not going to say that it's bad because there's also the option that, you know, I bumped the head speed up another 50 RPM. I'm flying everything identical. I mean, I have my 570 tuned in now. I probably won't touch it for the rest of the year because it's just crank them out, crank them out. And also what I did, I went back to the hobby wing governor for the course of this test. It's slightly less aggressive than the V bar gov, which makes it, you know, we had this, there was a thread up on heli freak about this. And so I kind of want to touch on it. There's a difference between these two, and it's a very obvious difference, but they have their goods and their bads. The V-Bar governor, it, I say obviously, but it might not be obvious to a lot of people. To me, it is. It holds head speed better. On paper, it's going to hold head speed way better. You can tell that it does not drop RPM quite as much when loaded. Now, this is for a V3 uh, 100 amp uh, hobby wing. but. What comes along with that is you have to tune the V-Bar governor and it is still at the end of the day, more aggressive, even detuned and softened up. It's more aggressive and it can cause, it just requires a lot of effort to get it flawlessly tuned for tail issues, right? Yep. I mean, you are going to spend time and anything and everything affects it. So, for this, now the hobby wing, and then you also have, you know, depending on each model of ESC, like even the difference between the 50 to the 100 to the 160, you know, what mode are you going to run it in? Okay, in HeliGov off mode, I have a good soft start. It, it, it ramps up a little bit quick, but it's not that bad at all. But then my bailout kind of like is what it is. When I'm using the V-Bar Gov in HeliGov off on the Hobby Wing 160, 
Um, and I, I don't have as much tune there. My soft start is kind of is what it is. You can tune it, but you're only tuning like the hand. You're not tuning the hand off, if that makes sense. So it's just, it's got its ups and its downs. Right. For the purpose of this, you know, on the hobby wing of, I can tune the soft start. I can tune the auto rotation bailout time, especially like in the 160, both of those. It's just flat out easier. It really is. It's easier. It's it's more plug and play. I calibrate it. I do a 50% throttle calibration flight, and then you just fly. So for the purpose of this review, that made a lot more sense to me. I feel like I'm more in touch with the packs, so I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of gov performance um, for the no tune tail, you know, that's what I call the no tune tail. I just tune it like I would normally tune the tail, but I'm not tuning a gov and there's no negative symptoms that go along with it. Uh, very plug and play. So that's what I'm doing. Just want to let everyone know that because there was discussion about yep. that. Nice. It's just flat out easier. And when you're doing 13 different things out at the field, there is something to be said about easy, easier. Yeah. yeah. And it's easy. It's easier because then I can just. I'm actually running all my models that way right now. I put them well, all back. Another thing to know is you said you're, you know, giving up a little bit of gov performance. Really, I mean, a little bit is really just a very, very, I'm gonna, very little bit. Y- yeah, I mean, it's five to ten percent. I would say. Yeah, it's if that. It's different. Well, it's just a little different. I almost feel like it's more Contronic-y. You know, even mm-hmm. the V-Bar Gov's more aggressive than the Contronic. Yep. So, yeah. So anyway, yes, it was battery day. We've got them all. All the ones that I have are cycled through, flown. We've gone past all the IRs uh, from the very beginning. I've gone through the five bench cycle break-in point that I did uh, with Justin's original prototype. We're still he's still working out some kinks on the other one. Um, yeah. So it's we're kind of full bore on it. Nice. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I this the more we talk through the whole battery thing, the more excited I get because just the number of packs that you're doing. It is. And I, I really hope we can get Hobby King to get those in stock. Uh, unfortunately AGA, I I mean I thought they were on board. Didn't hear anything back about that. So that one kind of funked, but you know, that's all right. Cause at least I'll be able to get more cycles on the ones that I've got. Um, yep. Yeah. So, so, so I got a question yeah. pertaining to all of this. You got a huge fleet right now. Yes. What's your favorite model? Um, you know, my favorite's always, I I think it's going to, so far, it's always going to be the 570. I mean, it still is. Just because ah, he passed the test, Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> See, because if he said another model, then I'd get nervous about, you know, partway through the season, he'd be like, yeah, yeah the, you know, the battery was, review was, was fun and all. Battery review was fun, but I kind of accidentally, no. in a moment of uh, of weakness, made a 12S stick pack. Nope, and, no, uh, <laughs> no, it won't happen, man. I freaking love it. I just fly it and fly nice. it and fly it. 
and it it keeps on that's just sweet keeps on going yeah. yeah but you know 770s a hoot and i've actually i've really had a lot of fun flying the 3 bait again lately too but i'm trying not to get too attached with the nitro coming which by the way i got a nice pile of bk servos sitting here for that Ooh. Yeah, so I ordered up all the new... Brushless or cordless? Cordless. All right. I'm a cordless guy. I got the new ones. Um, So all cordless there. I have my Neo sitting there for it. So that's all ready to go. Got a fresh battery in my starter, which is it's good. always a plus. <laughs> yes, always a plus. I have, or, well, why not? They're not here, but I'll just say everything else that I ordered. I kind of went on a wrap it up binge this week. Justin, you will be happy to hear that I ordered my 4025 670. Oh, damn. For the 500 SS? For the 500 SS. Nice. Oh, man. That's going to be a smoking motor. Which, Next level. By the way, any of you guys that have, uh, the, any of you V-Control guys that have UI sensors, I got, finally this week, I got around to trying the V-Control Analyzer program, which a guy on HeliFreak wrote. So you just got to do a search for V-Control Analyzer, and it'll pop up. Free download. Yep. And what you do is you go in into your radio, and you enable it to write the logging files. I can't remember what, what is it, what kind of file it is, but it's just a CSV. Yeah. It's a little checkbox. You do that. And then, um, it's super easy. You just open it up. You don't have to install anything. It's just like a one click program. Open it up, plug in your radio. Bam. Holy crap. There's a lot of data there. It was kind of like nerd heaven. And it had some of the very important data that I wanted, like uh, speed controller current, uh, you know, wattage, head speed, which is really, really nice. Found out that these packs in the R500 SS are definitely dead, which I kind of suspected. Um, I did, uh, Jesse, you don't know about this because I, I didn't know at the time. I have confirmed what my no load head speed is now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) We be spinning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What is it? I'm running the 500S. And now, all right, big asterisk. This is not, the model is not rated for this. They do not authorize or condone this. (laughs) I am very aware of the risks. And if it explodes at any second, I will giggle and then cry. (laughs) But I'm not going to be mad. So I'm flying it right now at 3,500 RPM. Yeah. <laughs> at 14 degrees of pitch. And it's flat ass hauling. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I am talking nice. about, dude. It's, it's moving. Like I'm now, I'm now ready after our discussion today, Justin and I were talking well, and I'm sure he'll get to it about some of the misfit rules. And all that, I, I, it's time to start really focusing on technique. And I, 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 I think I'm ready for the half Cubans because Ooh, oh, there you go. I can feel, I can feel now to where you know with this motor, 
Uh, I'll slap in this 670, which I'm not going to run any more head speed with it. I just now have head room. Uh, yeah. Marvel concept. And I'm not taxing the power system because that poor little motor, I don't even remember what it's rated for. But it's only like 2,500 watts. It's not much. And I'm pulling like 3,200 on it. <laughs> it's dumb. It really is dumb. But on the good note, um, man, that that high voltage hobby wing, the 100. Yep. Dude, it's like ambient. It doesn't even care. So awesome. And that's, I'm averaging. That's, no- that's really key, dude, because I'll tell you what. It's all fun and games until the ESC overtemps. Yeah, no, we're not. We, I am nowhere near close. And I tried some speed blades on it, some weighted blades, and that dropped it down even more. Uh, so I'm only pulling like 90 amps constant, or 80, yep. 80 to 90, which, okay, yes, that is 12S. And yes, it is a 500, which kind of is a lot, I guess. But um, yeah, I'm excited. I ordered, um, I ordered the finned motor mount for it as well. Oh, okay. So yeah, the, like the black anodized one. Nice. Yeah, between the fin cooler. motor mount and that X Nova, I feel like this thing is it's set. Now it's just packs, fly, charge, fly, rinse and repeat, and then get back. Practice. Yep. Practice, yeah, I'm practice. excited for that one, and it's just really cool having that app. So, uh, for you guys that have those, check it out because super cool. Always nice to find free stuff. I also ordered. A pipe for the nitro. I went ahead with uh, pipes. Are wow, dude! Pipes dude, are hard. Horrible. To find. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's like a damn antique market. It is. It's gonna be really interesting when the ninety six comes out because you know they're releasing a pipe with it, an actual YS pipe. Uh, kind of looks like a fun tech deal, but I mean, uh. Th- I find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to keep anything in stock. Yeah, Yeah. I'd like to see how that's going to turn out. And actually, we've got a little bit of news on that a little later, so I'll I'll, I'll hold off on that. Well, I found, um, since I'm going to be putting the uh, Trek motor in mine, I found a Hattori 120. YS120 pipe. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, which nice. um, we do know through a little bit of research works well. Might be a tad overkill, but it does work well with most of the Y. Well, most of actually the 3DS and the Yeah, Trek. I haven't heard. Mm-hmm. I've not yet heard a negative comment about the 120 pipe. Yeah. So, you know, I figure this way I can slap whatever motor in it I want eventually and uh, not have to worry about switching pipes. So, I'm ready to go, man. I got everything. Just waiting. Waiting for that Sweet. heli. Waiting for that heli. Yeah, mine's shipping. Nice. Uh, I don't know. I think we get them a tad early. But I, I don't know. Next but, couple of weeks here, right? I believe maybe. Or at the, least within the next month. Oh, yeah. No, I will see. <clears throat> excuse me. I will see mine. Eh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say or not, but. I think I will see mine shipping in about a week. 
Yes. Nice. Maybe two. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I think that's though. it. Um, yeah. That's Sweet. It. Nice, man. Good Blade has personality, has soul, has attitude, has performance, and it's got character. When you finally find that blade, there's a connection. There's no better feeling than being able to get that blade and find sizes for all your helicopters. That's why switch blades just make sense. No shopping for one set of blades over here, then the other set of blades over there. One brand, one stop. All sizes. Make the switch. When you're ready to make the switch, go to www.bkdesignsllc.com to find sizes for all your helicopters. Okay, Jesse, what have you been up to, dude? Jeez, nothing compared to all that stuff. (laughs) I don't mess around, man. Don't don't let us down. (laughs) Did we get flying in? No, we did not get flying in. Oh! And it... It, it was totally just the, wasn't weather, wasn't really anything. It was just the, didn't make it out to the field, didn't get the, I don't want to say motivation, but just working around the house, got content, got lost track of time and didn't make it out. So no fly, no fly Damn. for this week. That but, I did not expect that because the weather has been nice this week. Oh yeah. The weather's I been great. for sure I, you been, were going to show up and be like 20 flights. No, not this week. I uh, I I took advantage of it. I took advantage of the weather on the weekends and the weather during the week and the new work schedule, and literally crossed off like ninety five percent of all house projects for this. Like just killing it. And so hopefully, you know, the the thought here is that get all this stuff done while it's early spring, and then enjoy them all summer instead of trying to, you know. Oh crap! It's fall. Got to get all these you know X Y Z house projects done. So been killing yeah, it on that front. Good, but good, good plan. But no fly for the helis. I did, however, completely finish up last. This was last Friday since we recorded on Thursday. Last Friday, I completely finished up, rebuilt. You know, the Protoss is a hundred percent ready to go. So that actually didn't end up being all that bad. Now that I've completely re, you know rebuilt it, got the full partsless it was just one linkage rod a couple ball links and both washout arms so very minor um so not not a whole lot of work you gotta love that when the thing goes in and it takes like 20 minutes to repair the crash damage oh hell yeah um so not a whole lot on that front it is ready to go though in addition a little bit of follow-up from last week so i've actually had the opportunity to talk a bit more with hobby wing um and with no flying i haven't had a chance to test any of this stuff yet with the whole shutdown and waiting for the spool up you know the soft start time on the motor and all that whole discussion we had last week but another tip that i did get so if if anyone out there is having similar issues this actually is a documented um fix i guess there have been a couple other users that have had similar issues with the similar um led air code i guess at the end where you have the blue and the red light on solid and this is after a shutdown. Um, Hobbywing suggests reducing the motor timing as well. Um, 
I guess there's been a couple isolated cases where they've had the similar, the same code and reducing the motor timing seemed to help the problem as well. What, what motor timing are you running right now? I knew you were going to ask that. Yeah. Just like what, what is the weight of your helicopter? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's start with timing first. Okay. Motor timing. I don't know. Cause it, it was one of those. We just burned through, burned what's through the, the setup. The I default? don't have the program. Did you change it? From the no, default, I don't I think, believe so. I, I want to say the default is 15? Like fifteen or eighteen degrees. It's fifteen or eighteen. I think it's now fifteen. I can't yeah. Remember. yeah. So yeah. dropping so, it from those numbers, you're saying is better. Yeah. And I know that I'm at the default right now. So that's just a little bit, you know, to be confirmed. I guess once I get out I this weekend and do some flying, you don't think? No, because I've been running the exact same settings on the exact I, same speed controller, I agree. The exact same motor, exact same motor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, and ultimately, I think what it is, is is it's just one more tool where if something else doesn't happen or doesn't work, it's one more thing that I can look at, you know, before yeah. kind of going, well, crap, what do I try now? Um, so if there's anyone else out there having similar issues, that's a definitely another thing that you can look at. Uh, moving on, I did, so I didn't get in any real flying, but I did get on the sim a couple nights um, over the last week. because. As you remember, still had an awesome day at Snohomish, and I'm still feeling really motivated to, you know, get back into it and progress, especially with, you know, summer coming up, fun fly season right around the corner with Othello being four weeks, five weeks. Yeah, dude, four, four I mean, weeks. Four weeks. It, it is it's, April 14th as we speak recording yeah. today, and the, the fun fly is on the 13th. Yeah, so it is coming right up, so... It's definitely seems like the motivation is there. So it was really nice jumping on the sim going and being able to stay really focused. There were just a couple half an hour sessions. The time went by extremely fast and I didn't find myself just kind of dicking around the whole time because it, I don't know, you just, I kind of felt like the sim had purpose again. You know, it was just finding that, all right, I need to you know focus down or focus and just go through the motions and, and really use it as a tool to learn instead of just. I guess I you know, got a sim, so I might as well sit down here and move the sticks for 30 minutes, and hopefully I learn something sort of approach. So trying to you know ease back into that one, if you will. And then, Justin, you alluded to it, the protos and the weight. Yes. So I finally, oh my goodness, and I do mean finally. So there... The reason this is definitely not an excuse. The reason that this took so incredibly long is I actually do not even own a weight measuring device in my house besides what? a tiny besides a tiny gram scale to weigh like tail blades. <laughs> no Dude, post. Seriously, like you don't even have a food scale? Not that goes up that high. All right, okay. Cuz this thing's a tank, dude. I'm sensing I'm sensing that was pulled from the Rolodex, but I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give no, you a pass on it because I was really I had to buy well, well I had to buy the expansion pack for the Rolodex. <laughs> okay. That wasn't in okay. <laughs> that wasn't in the standard oh, along kit. Along with a new scale. Did you buy that yeah, at the yeah, same yeah. store? Yeah, the yeah, the Rolodex expansion pack and the scale. So So the all up okay, we'll just go for it. All up flying weight, OptiPower pack, you know, five thousand packs um r2 prototype buffer pack hobby wing 160 canopy the whole works 
13 pounds on the dot. Woo! 13. 13.01 okay, pounds. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you what, and Nick, I want to get your perspective on this. That is heavier than I expected to hear. Um, It's heavier than I would have liked to have heard, but I've heard similar, so not crazy surprised. You're not, not really surprised. surprised. Now, I mean... Saying that, you got to fly it, Nick, last weekend, right? So, yeah, here's what's funny. Now, this is, we forgot to talk yeah, about we it. Actually, we didn't talk we about this last week, We mentioned that we, we were going to discuss it in last week's episode, but we didn't actually get to it. Yeah. No, we never did. So, so when we were down in Sohomish, I got, you know, I did the at the field. I broke the cardinal rule. I wrenched at the field because I was too excited to not. And we were there all freaking day, too. And it was basically just a boom swap. So I got the 770 put together. Now, I don't have, normally I would fly it on uh, 770 SAB blades, but uh, I didn't have any. So Justin had some 750s, and that's what he was flying it on. So I flew the, the 770 on 753 edges and got it all tuned in, dialed in, kept cranking up the head speed. Yeah, I got it to where it felt pretty good. And I'm just flying it on. Well, most of the time I was flying it on the 30C stick packs, 12S5000 stick packs from OptiPower. Yeah. And I got it to where I really liked it. And then I'm like, I go to fly Jesse's. Uh, he has me fly his and I'm thinking, dude, like this feels really freaking similar. Like they just feel a lot alike in the air. Like kind of creepy. Well, the the funny thing is, I don't know if you even. I didn't say anything. Said anything, no. and then I went to fly the seven seventy and landed it and looked over, and I'm like, "Do you think this flew the same as the Protos?" <laughs> yeah, like, we both started. It, it seriously, laughing. was it was like, dude, are you thinking what I'm thinking here? Yeah, I've never like it was creepy. Uh, yeah, I don't think that it flew. It flew really big. You can definitely, I mean, no question, hands down, that baby belongs on 710-ish blades. Yeah, that, right. that class of 700 size blades. But now that you've got it on that size, it doesn't, I think it feels right. I don't fly it and, you know, I don't fly it and go, whoa, this thing feels like a tank. You know, you can definitely tell that they're larger blades. Anytime you get larger blades on there, they get a little more, a tad more wafty. You know what I mean? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought that it felt right and I was super, super comfortable flying it. Yeah. I probably could have gone, maybe could have even gone up just a hair on the head speed, but not too Yeah, bad. and you and you were flying it on the 1950, 1960. Yeah. Where the 2040, I'm sure that would have been. I think that would have been about just perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, I dug it, man. That's pretty crazy. And, dude, see, that is, I could not have thought of a better thing to hear out of you two because I've really been nervous about, you know, and going back and forth about the 770. And we, you know, ended up making the, the trade. I made the decision to do it. But, I even said to you guys at the field, 
the 770 is not my last big electric because next mm-hmm. time around, I'll probably pick up a Protos like I said I was going to earlier last year. And to know that when I do or if I do get there, it will fall back into place as feeling very similar to the 770. That is a comforting thought. It really yep. is. Because, you, you know, you always get a little nervous about going out and trying a new thing. And what if you just can't get it to fly the same way? Or it doesn't tune right or, you know, whatever. Yep, so that's, sure. that's a big freaking deal. Agreed. So heavy, but I, yeah, I agree with you. Who cares? Like, I'm, I'm if it flies it. the way you like it, man. But, but now that totally, I mean, now you can see why it makes sense. It, it definitely needed to go up to the 713. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah, it, yeah. you know, all the, all the, everything just starts making sense and. Yeah, the weight is right in line with what I've been seeing with other people's setups. I mean, you got to figure that is with a 160 on there and a backup solution. And if Um, it's anything like the 770, in my experience, it's not big enough and with a large enough disc to end up feeling truly floaty, but mm -hmm. it does have that sort of smooth hang time to it. It's a very big, heli feeling for the buck. I mean, right. no question. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, so. I, I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely. I would say that you know, aside from some of my own personal experiences and favorites, I would say that out outside of my brand, that is probably the most. Uh, that's the heli that has impressed me the most in a long time. I mean, there's a couple quirks that I look at it and I'm like, eh, you know, every time I see you try and take the canopy off, I'm like, mm. oh, that's not even a big deal. But anymore. then every time I see you go to put the canopy on, I'm like, oh, with one hand, <laughs> throw it in the general direction. Oh, yeah. Dude, that is so freaking crazy. Like, you know what it reminds me of? It's like Iron Man putting on his suit. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> you just like throw the canopy just... at the heli and it's like, <laughs> got it. Love it sticks so yeah very impressive i'm glad that you're enjoying it and i have been very impressed with it as well yeah that's been good it's definitely here to stay that's for sure so other than that man just looking forward to uh the weather once again is looking good this weekend i actually asked the uh asked kayla this last night hey what do we got going on this weekend a response nothing nothing so you know what that means i think i do got something going on this weekend (sighs) some flying so yeah oh my gosh (laughs) i need that i want that bad i just got a taste of it i'm getting out this weekend i'm looking forward to it with all the different retailers out there it can be hard to decide where you want to spend your heli money Ken over at Lower Heli helps make that decision a little easier for you, though. With amazing prices every day, great customer service, and fast shipping, you don't have to worry about bouncing around anymore. Go visit Ken at www.lowerheli.com and fill that shopping cart with the confidence that you're getting the best prices backed by amazing support. Head on over to www.lowerheli.com and fly lower. Justin, that leaves you. Awesome, that does leave me. Well, I'd say this week has been somewhat exciting. 
I did get flying in. I was able to go out last weekend. Let's see. When did I? Oh, oh I went out on Friday. Friday was my day off. Uh, and for the first time in I don't know how long, I actually got to observe my day off for the most part. I did have some work in between, but I went to the field and just kind of hung out and flew. And man, beautiful day. This time came prepared with actual shorts and a short sleeve (laughs) t-shirt, which made a huge freaking difference. And I was surprised to see and happy to see that there are a number of guys out there, a number of my, my regular friends from the club. So we all kind of just hung out and did our thing. Uh, I brought the NX seven, the R five and the goblin speed, you know, did a little bit of speed flying, uh, had a blast with that. I think that the goblin speed is now ready to go. And in fact, that brings me to, to another small point. I have begun the transformation from the Bavarian demon to the three digi. Oh, nice. So that I can officially begin the review. So, you know, I've, I've been wrenching on a number of different things this week, as you will realize coming up here. Uh, but I haven't gotten as far as I would like on the three digi conversion. It's installed. I now just need to get the software going. But based on your review, Nick, and having spoken to a lot of people, I'm pretty sure that the programming is going to go pretty simply uh, because of uh, how well they how well they set that up. So hopefully by this time next week, I'll be able to say something about if not actually flying it, then at least getting it set up. Cool, man. On the topic of wrenching. I was flying my nitro and uh, wow, I, I'm not even sure how to start this. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I feel like I'm about ready to win something. Yes. Oh, you are going to win something. I'm going to lose something. I'll tell you what. Okay. <laughs> so here's how it goes. Got a couple of flights in on the nitro. A second or third flight of the day. Uh, doing my thing and I was flying on the south line so you know the grass was a little bit taller I'm like screw this I'm gonna cut some grass flip it over inverted nose in probably about I don't know 15 20 feet away from me and a few inches off the ground six inches okay going in going in for the kill and out of nowhere and I, and I got it governed I got it governed at about I think I was at 1925 so it's just humming away beautiful plume of smoke and then that 1925 goes up to like 2200 and i'm (laughs) like uh okay what what just happened like at the when i first heard the engine pitch increase i'm thinking Mm -hmm. to myself oh shit you know what i don't have a, a fuel magnet and i don't have a header tank maybe i caught a patch of air and i'm running lean for a second the problem is that it never came back down <laughs> when I flipped it over, uh, at, which should have exposed it back to the fuel. So now I got the heli that is just screaming. And I'm thinking through all the scenarios here. What the hell just happened? And then it dawns on me. I don't have throttle control anymore. I flip the throttle hold <laughs> and Miss Jetty's like throttle hold. 
and the heli sits there. I hit the engine cut, and Miss Jetty's like, engine cut, and the heli just sits there. So, uh, you know, while I'm trying to keep this thing going here, I'm thinking it through, and I realize you D-bag, you forgot to either double-sided tape or hot glue the servo connectors into the multi-gov pro and so you flipped it over inverted it vibrated a little bit because i'm still tuning it it's still rich and i popped the throttle servo lead out of the multi-gov and what happens there dead servo so i had two options it could have died and gone shut or it could have died and gone wide open which is what it did now uh in hindsight i'm actually somewhat glad that it didn't die shut and i had not put my rubber band throttle return spring on since the last uh maintenance on it otherwise at a few inches off the ground i think that it would have been a lot worse nah but you would have been fine man it would have dropped popped and flipped it over nice no problem well that is not what happened i can tell you what happened (laughs) (laughs) and that was having to run out the tank at like four (laughs) thousand rpm but how did you do that because okay i'm gonna call you a dodo head on this you can you can call me that and i learned something i honestly learned something so this is why i'm bringing it up because others will benefit from my stupidity okay (laughs) it's not shaped like a rocket so you know i can still learn shit from stuff here's the deal i was supposed to as it turns out go and beat that thing like it owed me yes that's right that's the solution instead i hovered it for four minutes (laughs) (laughs) oh no yeah now, okay, yeah, so I hovered it, and, <laughs> well, you and said that I blew up the engine. <sighs> yeah, so I, I basically, it ran out of fuel, no problem. Luckily, the insides didn't see the outsides. No, the insides did not see the outsides, which, as I, it turns out, I now appreciate is the concern, because <laughs> YS engines are long stroke. That's right. And so what that means is they do not like to be revved. Mm -hmm. And when you run them in excess of their red line or up at that higher RPM for an extended period of time, then what can happen is you can elongate the hole on the bottom of the conrod that sits Mm -hmm. or that slides onto the crankshaft pin. And I guess some people have actually seen them fail at that point yeah. where it throws a rod and blows the whole freaking engine apart. I've, I've thrown, thrown two rod. rods. Yeah. Two. In my YS motors. Okay. Yeah. So I did not throw a rod. I did know immediately after this happened that I was going to be rebuilding an engine. <laughs> um, and not what just any your, engine. What was the first clue? But it was Dan's engine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, Dan. You'll sorry hear this you when you're editing tonight, <laughs> but uh, you'll figure this one out when you're editing. 
<laughs> That's okay. All is well. So, so hear me out. Uh, you know, benched that one, brought it home, pulled the engine apart. Ooh, it is toasty. <laughs> the the ring and the piston are just beat to shit. The sleeve is all torn to shreds. Head was perfectly fine, which was good. Uh, check the bearings. No problems with the bearings. No issues with any of the other items on the on the motor. And so I called up Richard at YS and said, hey, Richard, I need to rebuild a 91 SRX as quickly as I can, because if you recall, this is the engine, I think, Nick, that you were planning on borrowing for from Dan Mm -hmm. for your Goblin Nitro. Yep. So, you know, this was a double whammy for me as the thing is sitting there eating itself alive. I'm realizing I just blew up one friend's engine and another friend's hope. (laughs) (laughs) Friend goals right there. Oh, with one is right. I mean, that's that's the winning combination. Uh, Anyway, it ended up getting a new basically a new innards, right? New sleeve, new piston, new liner. Conrod, uh, wrist pin and the clips, the whole thing just got it in the mail, uh, from Richard today. And that's going to get shipped back up to Nick. Nick says, all right, dude, here's the deal. Just get me the parts, send them to me. You don't, I don't want you building anything. Just, <laughs> just don't send want you me building the my blown motor. up engine with the new parts. <laughs> yeah. I'll <laughs> give it some love and it'll treat me great. I don't want this guy. <laughs> I don't want you near anything that requires fuel. Oh man, you know, and and I I recognize that. Like, there's a trend. You, you have a hor- there's you, a trend. Okay, yeah. Let's let's there's establish this. A- we need to we need to set a baseline here. All right. All of the crap that you have given me about blowing up speed controllers, you have met those same exact expectations and criticism levels on the fuel motor side. You're right, except I think in terms of sheer quantity, you still win by far. Mm. Yeah, let's okay, let's do this. Let's do this the right way here, man. Okay. Okay. I have blown up one gas engine. Okay. And let's see, Dan's engine is one. Yep. My YS and the NX7 is two. Okay. And have I ever blown up another nitro engine? Did you kill an OS 55? No, not me. Uh-uh. So is that it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Then okay. I got now, you. and and hold on. Now, let's, let's, let's delve a little deeper here. The gas engine blew up because I thought Doesn't it was matter. a nitro engine. Yes. Because, right? <laughs> because I was a D-bag and I tuned it wrong. The first nitro engine blew up because I followed the directions. Thank you, YS. And and ran the break-in settings. You can see my air quotes going. And the third engine blew up, not having anything to do with fuel, having to do with my dumb ass not actually taping my wires like I always do. So you're right. I mean, it, they they got blown up. I'm not making excuses, but yeah, yeah. you win. Just just saying, you you still win because I've blown up a lot more speed controllers than that. 
I think mm. you've blown up a lot more fuel engines than that. Oh, you yeah. said you've thrown two con rods. Oh, yeah. But the, you know what the difference is? What? I'm flying the piss out of them when I do it. And that's kind of like. Not, not hovering them for yeah, four that's minutes. I'll tell you what. If you were next to me and you closed your eyes, you would have thought I was flying the shit out of that some bitch. <laughs> no, I would have. It would have sounded like you took the blades off of it and laid it on its side and went wide open. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, so anyway, there's a happy ending because there is a package on its way to you tomorrow that has all the parts you need plus Dan's engine, and you will be able to rebuild it and break it in, and you'll have a brand new SRX-91. I have a brand new SRX-91 that was my original one that Richard rebuilt, and that is now back in my galley. So nice. and sweet. You and Dan didn't have to pay a single dime. Good. Just some wear and tear on the motor. That was a hundred and eighty dollar mistake for me. Ouch. Yep. Mm. Next time you're gonna fly it. Next time I'm Power gonna lips. use freaking double sided tape and hot glue. There you go. Right? Yeah. So that's uh I don't know. That's that's my adventure for the week. The sim is killing me. I mean, you didn't mention the sim, Nick. I don't know where you're at, but I don't know I, where it's I'm at. Just, I'm not. I it's not working. <laughs> it's horrible. I'm flying. That's what I'm doing. Good excuse. Good excuse. Good. Go. Cool. Let's move on to some news. I see Sweet. a fair amount up here. Do it. Just when you thought that the guys at Soco Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their Soco Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, they've recently announced the Soco Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. This new mobile software will do everything that your original SoCo kit did, but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy-to-use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your heli setup, visit the SoCo team at www.soco-heli-tools.com and check it out. SoCo Heli Tools, next generation setup. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com. Okay, for news this week, we've got... Now, this has been out for a little bit, but if you guys haven't seen it, I wanted to bring it up because I thought, you know, this is a pretty cool little deal. So Scorpion has this thing called a portable USB charger. What you do is you use pretty much any one of your packs, so 2S all the way up to 6S. Um, you know, or another power source for that matter, but from six volts up to 26 volts. And on the output side, you have a USB port that is capable of two amp output. So for tablets and, um, even like Nick's new little surface that I just got, 
which by the way, Windows still sucks. Um, <laughs> I had to get that in there. Uh, yeah, so you can uh, run your devices out of the field. Pretty cool. I dig this because a lot of times we need to charge our phone, but we don't have a 12-volt place to plug it into. So this will do it. Yeah, cheap, 20 bucks. So kind of a cool thing to throw in the throw in the toolbox if you ask me. Speaking of Scorpion, they also have a new motor out. Now just when this one's a little bit more up your alley, we've got a new motor, the HK2 4235 630 kV limited edition, which is designed for what heli, J man? The Gowie R5. Oh yeah! So we got a 1.6 millimeter single strand winding. This bad boy is gonna crank out some watts. Oh, dude! I, I mean, I think it is absolutely awesome that George did this because it's it's one of those things where people have been putting into the R5 whatever sort of 45 series motor they can get a hold of. And all of them are really good. It can handle the power, but none of them have the KV that you really need to make it shine, Mm -hmm. right? It can handle 700 motors, but when was the last time you saw someone flying a 700 machine with a 630 KV motor on it? No. Yeah, not so much. Can't say. Yeah. (laughs) So this, this is awesome. Sweet. Well, if you are a big Scorpion fan, let's see. Do we got the price up there at MSRP of $299? So very reasonably priced as well. Moving along, Mr. Bodos has been busy over there. We've got a couple new items out. Uh, This is a pretty cool deal. This is, um, he put out a new swash plate, a rebuildable swash plate uh, for all of the 10 millimeter main shaft models. Uh, which is really, really cool. Uh, 72 bucks, but you know what? I love that you can go back and rebuild it and, uh, you know, replace the individual parts. That's something that Synergy's always been great at. And you know that with something like this, you're going to get some pretty serious quality and really nice tolerances. Always been happy with everything from them. Uh, build quality buys. Along that lines, we've also got a new clutch coming out for the N7. Now, originally the N7 has a fairly small clutch by standard more. I think it's actually the same clutch bell as in the N5 possibly. I believe so. Yeah. But the new one, uh, he's got some pictures up on his Facebook page is freaking huge. It almost looks double the double size. That's just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That one is off to, off to production. So you sh- should be able to order that pretty quick. That's going to be able to hold up to basically any new any of the new high torque motors. Yep, they're coming out. All right, this is cool. I snagged this up at the last minute. Guys over at Progressive have been really busy. Uh, first, I want to mention they have a new website up uh, that runs really efficiently on mobile platform. This one kind of hits home to us because we know how much of a how much of a pain it can be when you don't have a good solid website going. So check, head on over there, check out their new website. And when you're over there, you can see probably one of the coolest tools I have ever seen. I can personally attest that if I would have had one of these, 
I would have not have put a hole through my finger, which yes, I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, and it's excruciating pain. So this is an EC5 punch. What it is, you set your connector down. This is a really cool punch device that actually goes around the wire, but drops down in the back of the EC5 connector. Give it a little tap on the back and helps you do that last little pop in. Key here is that we are not using like a one and a half millimeter or a really small flat bladed screwdriver so that when the connector flips on its side, the <laughs> screwdriver inserts itself through your finger, under the nail, and back out the other side. Oh, dude. <laughs> Always one of my favorites. Have you actually done that? Uh, mine didn't get to come all the way out, but it was in there far enough for me to let go while saying four letter words and then realizing the finger the screwdriver was still stuck in in the finger in the finger oh no way yep. that would be it i'd i'd have passed out by then <laughs> Just, and, and i know wakes up a couple I hours have later seen what the? so many people do this oh yeah i mean oh, yeah i've seen a couple of them on facebook yep well it's i mean and it's I've kind of fallen into the everyone I did. It was just good practice. Use a pair of pliers to hold yeah, the connector. Yeah, so that's but it's trick so now. tempting to yep. just use a pair of normal pliers, like not needle nose, not anything, just yep. good old fashioned Joe Schmo home improvement craftsman set of pliers or whatever you got. Lay them on their side on the bench. Lightly grab the pliers and put the EC five right in the middle, and you can just kind of you don't even need to squeeze down on them. It's yep. just to give it some stability. Uh, yeah, but this tool, awesome. Eight bucks. Eight bucks worth Win. it. Times 100 for that amount of pain because it was not cool. So, yeah, that's what I got for news. Justin, did you have some news? I do have news. It's nitro-related news. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Okay, so... I had mentioned earlier that I got a package in the mail from Richard today, which was all the replacement parts for Dan's destroyed engine. I actually got a couple of other things in that package. Hmm. And one of them happens to be a brand new YS 96 Turek engine. And the other is a matching YS 96 Turek pipe that we're going to be doing a review on. Sweet. And who is going to be doing that review? Right here. Mr. Salmonson. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So, yeah, big shout out to Richard at YS Engines USA. Uh, You know, he and I got to talking after I had gotten my engine rebuilt, my 91, And it was around the time when they had just announced the 96 was coming out, Uh, you know, had a little bit of a conversation and decided that we would do a review for him on the 96 engine. So I'm just wondering, when are you going to get it over here, man? Well, here's the deal. That's going out in the mail tomorrow with Nick's partners. Nice. So I should see that thing Monday. Well, I don't know if you and Nick are flying together. So here's the deal. I think I wanted to just send it to Nick. And then you and him could tag up yeah, yeah. and get it. So if you're if you're going to see him I over know the where weekend, he lives. yeah, go get it. Nice. Uh, I I will tell you, and and I'm sure when you get into the into the you review, didn't like do anything to it, right? 
Like it's still nah, good. All of the holes are a little too small. Okay. <laughs> I was waiting for Nick's response. I just there's no, no response. I'm almost numb to it much anymore. I'm sure you will be able to give us more in information, Jesse, once you get oh, going yeah. on the review. But little uh little teaser here. Uh so Richard and YS actually worked together on a US version, okay? And the difference between the U.S. version and the Japanese version, the most obvious yep. difference is that the Japanese version has the original black colored head, just like the, the regular Turek and the 3DS. Uh, Richard's U.S. version has a green anodized head. And I got to tell you, I was a little skeptical. It looks badass. Nice. A nice shiny green anodized on there. In addition to that, uh, he has included a steel-lined backplate, uh, whereas the Japanese version, the stock, is an aluminum. Uh, okay. And so, you know, the steel-lined backplate uh, eliminates concern for wear um, over the cycle count and all of that sort of stuff. So that's another improvement. In addition to that, uh, because you can now determine the difference between the black and the green heads and Richard will not be selling the green heads here in the, or I'm sorry, the black heads in the U S mm -hmm. uh, if you have purchased a black one, you likely got it from overseas. Uh, Richard will only be servicing the green ones uh, and the honoring the warranty for the green ones, which are the U S versions. So, uh, you know, he's, I don't know how much you guys have worked with him, but over the years he's been, continues to be a great guy and a good ambassador for the nitro side of the hobby. Um, I think it makes sense. It's, it's one of those business decisions that unfortunately people sometimes have to make, but, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say, Jesse. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting that thing installed. In the N7. Heck yeah. It'd be awesome. Yeah, so you're going to be, what are you going to be, jumping from a 91 3DS 90. yep. to a 96. Six. Woo. Yes, sir. Nice. Bring on the power. That's my news. Nice, man. That's some Sweet. pretty damn good news. That's some it's good news. This week's news is brought to you by Superiority.com for superior quality web and mobile development and design with a 100% money-back guarantee that's always on schedule and budget. Get the most from your website from www.superiority.com or www.dudemanlarry.com. Not kidding. Check him out. All righty, so what are we going to talk about this week? I got it. Let's see. <laughs> I know. A rhetorical go, question. Go. This yeah. is something. I was going to jump in, but you you just take it. I'm taking it because it. I, I, I want to give you a minute to stretch out before you get all fired up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. I'm bobbing and weaving here. <laughs> yeah. Well, first, Shaking. I think that we should set a little bit of the backstory. There's been some discussion lately. Those of you, um, those of you who have been keeping up with the Misfa news, 
know that Justin, you guys put out the the original proposed rules, correct? That's right. Our our draft rules document. That's right. And one of for those public review. Yep. For public review. Lots of feedback on Helifreak. So if you guys are even remotely interested in speed flying, amateur, you know, more hardcore, whatever, go over into the speed forum on Helifreak and check it out. You can read the rules there, see everyone's comments. And a part of those, uh, the rules that um, will be changing is uh, opening up the voltage in what class, Justin? All of them. All of them. Yeah. That's right. So historically, we had a, we drew a line between 12S, which I'd, I'd say, you know, over the few last few years has been considered a standard and higher voltage, like 14 or 16S. And those two voltage sets never competed against each other. Mm-hmm. But when we took a step back and relooked at the rules and tried to come up with a set that was fair and that was substantiatable, in other words, there was justification for every rule chosen, not just because someone else did it or we thought it made sense. And in doing that, we decided to eliminate that uh, that uh, differentiator, the voltage as a differentiator. Mm-hmm. Now that sparked, uh, I think most people were on board with it, but there were a yeah. couple people that disagreed. Now, you know, and in, the, in these individuals, mostly it was a single individual, but he had made some reference to there were a couple of his buddies or whatever, same thing, had invested, uh, I use the air quotes there, you know, uh, in their 12S power systems. Uh, with the intention of competing in the following coming year. And so they were, you know, they were tweaked about that. And, you know, how you can't do this at this time of year. You have to do it at the beginning. Well, I kind of piped in and it's like, hey, (laughs) when you get someone or a group of people that are willing to volunteer and make the hobby better and grow something, you just deal with it when they're ready to do it. You don't get to be quite too picky on like, hey, I really appreciate all that work that you're going to do that I'm not willing to do, but can you hold off just a little bit till I run these packs through? That would be great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, where I'm where I'm leading with all of this is that one of the things was, well, yeah, now I have to spend fourteen hundred dollars. I have to get new packs. I have to get a new speed controller. Because I think this individual was flying a Castle 160, which, no offense, but if you, in air quotes, invested in speed and you bought a Castle 160, you've invested in the wrong investment. (laughs) But (laughs) not that they're bad. I'm just saying for speed, it's not, you know, you got to think ahead. But at any rate, they said my and I have to replace because my motor can't run 14S. Now. That made Justin and I giggle, and it hit a pretty good nerve with him because we hear this a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that a 14S or a 12S motor? Is that a 6S motor or an 8S motor? Is it a 10S motor or is this? So, Justin? Yes. Would you like to please debunk some myths that are floating around this hobby about voltage ratings 
when it comes to motors? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the first thing you've got to recognize is that when the motor manufacturers put a, a limit or a rating on that, I think a lot of people, and it depends on the manufacturer, but a lot of people may interpret that as a true physical limit of its capabilities. Uh, I, I have found more often than not that it is more an indication of what the the manufacturer was intending it to be used for. In other words, hey, I know that 700s tend to have a gearing ratio of between 8.5 and 10, and people run head speeds in the range of 1,800 to 2,200. And so I am going to choose a you know 450 to 550 kV motor, and if I stack that against a 12S power system, then the math works out. So this is a 12S motor, okay? That is that is one of the chains of logic that one might take to get to that rating. It, in addition, the, the, the other limit that people uh, tend to put on it or manufacturers tend to put on it is as a result of the RPM, okay? So these motors have an RPM limit. Sometimes it's 25,000, sometimes it's 30, sometimes it's 35. Above that limit, then you can get accelerated wear of the bearings, uh, which leads to an imbalance. You can, you know, smack the magnets against the stator, and then the whole thing comes apart in a really exciting way. And no one wants to do that. Okay. So that's the real physical limit of the motor is the RPM that it's going to turn. In terms of voltage, these wire or these motors are wrapped with what is referred to as magnet wire, okay? Solid core copper, usually with a polyurethane style uh, coating on it, and that coating can withstand anywhere between 150 and 250 or more degrees C, uh, steady state continuously without a problem. And electrically, that insulation is capable of uh, standing off sometimes several thousands of volts. Okay, so this is not a we're we're not in a situation where if you were to take a quote 12s motor and put it at 14s that you're going to short something out. What they're trying to say is I designed the motor with a KV that matches. 12s voltage on a typical 700 or whatever size gearing uh, that that range of helis has and with that kv if you are going to run it at a low enough gear ratio then you may over speed the motor or go outside of its range of speed capabilities yeah but it's not voltage no it, it has don't nothing give to a do lily with shit <laughs> no nothing doesn't more voltage, care more RPM. Yep. So if you could take, and what we're getting at here, let's say that you have a 520 kV. Let's just use that for example. You've got 520, and you're running a 24-tooth pinion, okay? Now, I, I'm not sitting here doing the math, so I'm just going to hip shot it. But let's say you just on a 12S system, and you decide, hey, I'm going to run 14S. If your helicopter is capable of re-gearing, you can go 
up to 14S. Drop your pinion down. And as long as you're staying within the RPM, the rated RPM of the motor, you know, maybe drop it down to a 19 or a 20. Right. 22 through whatever. As long as you're not, as you're staying within the rated RPM of the motor, it's perfectly fine. Yep. Yes. It absolutely is perfectly fine. The voltages that we're dealing with in these devices uh, even, you know, even with some of the switching transients inside the ESC, never exceed a hundred or so volts and over an incredibly short period of time. The continuous yeah. voltages, as you guys know, 12, 14, 16S, you know, you don't get above 60, 70 volts. Mm-hmm. Yep. So everyone's got to take a step back, get the voltage out of your head because it plays no role. And learn to do the math on the gearing and the KV and how the voltage plays a role in setting those two numbers or impacting those two numbers. Okay. So then now, now that we know that, so we say, all right, voltage doesn't matter. Motor's a motor. As long as we don't overspeed the motor, we're good to go. The, also within this misconception and and where we hear about this more is in that, you know, it would be like the the amateur class versus the, well, you know, now what might be the amateur class versus the pro or novice versus pro or whatever, wherever these classes separated, people say, oh, well, I'm never going to be that fast because I'm only 12S. So what I would like you to explain is what are the advantages? What are the advantages of 14S and why does it not black and white mean more power? Yeah. So because that's I mean, we we better establish that right now. Yeah. You cannot convert your helicopter to 14S and automatically get more power. Absolutely 100% true. So let's start with some basics. How is the amount of power that you are going to burn established? Wattage. Well, that, that is the power. But what, what aspect of the model dictates that? The Usually head speed, head the speed. loading. Yep. There you go. The head loading. Well, the total loading and the tail plays a small yeah. role in that. But let's talk about the head. So I've now chosen a head speed whatever head speed, 2,000 RPM, and I've chosen a collective and cyclic pitch max on either of them. Uh, And then I go and do my routine, okay? The maximum amount of power that will be demanded of the power system and the motor and the batteries and through the ESC is the maximum amount of power that the head is capable of requiring for a given maneuver. Okay. That doesn't change. So <laughs> no. if, if you go out there and you decide you're going to take your Jesse's going to go and do is, is Protos max V2, and he's going to pull a full pitch backwards inverted hurricane, right? 5,000 Watts. Let's use that as an example. They're about 5,000 Watts actually on a typical 700 helicopter, 5,000 Watts continuous. That is dictated by the combination of cyclic and collective pitch plus head speed. 
necessary to maintain that collective hurricane or that that a backward that's a fast ass hurricane by the way that's a fast (laughs) oh yeah we are because once i hit about four thousand I'm starting to pee a little. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, yeah. this thing's 13 pounds. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's a great point, <laughs> Thank you. too. And, so. and weight, that's a very good point, Jesse. Yeah. Weight obviously plays a role in the loading of the head. It is a yes. baseline load, right? Yep. So, so let's take the 5,000-watt example. You can get 5,000 watts out of any combination of power system with a couple of assumptions. One, that the battery is capable of providing you the current and voltage combination necessary to get to 5,000 watts. Two, that the ESC is capable of supporting that throughput. And three, that the motor is capable of providing that power level on demand. Okay? So you look at the 5,000 watts, and we'll take it as a 12S. 12S under hard load, you're probably looking at about 3.7 or 3.8 volts per cell, okay? As you load the packs, as you guys know, we're pulling more current, and that current's being pulled through the uh, internal resistance of the cells, and when you push current through a resistor, you get a voltage drop. That's why you see the cell voltages come down, okay? Yep. Uh, let's assume it's 3.7. That's 22.2 volts. Yep. 5,000 watts on a 12S system is a current of 113 amps. Okay, that's that's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. If we look at 14S, okay, so now we've gone up by two additional cells under load a total of 7.4 volts more. And at yep. 5,000 watts, we're only pulling 97 amps because our voltage is 51.8. Okay, so there are two scenarios that get us 5,000 watts of power, and the only difference is the voltage and current that corresponds to that. So what, where, where does the, the trade-off come in that? Well, what's the biggest thing, in in my opinion, is you're going to end up with a lower voltage drop because you have less current. Yes, that's true. So higher, higher cell count uh, for the same power level is going to be pulling less current, which means you would expect a proportionally lower drop in voltage under high load. Yeah. And what that means is that generally you're able to govern a little bit better. Because yep. this, the governor is not having to deal with this large transient uh, below the set point RPM. Okay, more, so that's it's one more benefit. Yeah, that's one benefit. If yep. you take it back to physics basics, it's also more efficient from a heat dissipation standpoint. Yes. Okay, lower current, uh, lower thermal dissipation in your ESC and your motor. Those ESCs and those motors have a very low internal resistance, but there still is a finite resistance. And again, you push current through a resistor, you get a voltage drop, and the the, the uh, product of the current times the voltage drop or the current squared times the resistance is the power dissipated as heat. 
And Justin, you only mentioned the motor and speed control. I wrote down in my notes as well. Every component has an internal resistance. Your connectors, your oh, wires, absolutely. your battery. Yes. Your, every single little component is going to have that resistance. So as you increase the current through those components, your heat dissipation is going to increase as well. And you right. can get to what you guys have run into, which is desoldering a connector if you've got a bad, i.e. <laughs> high resistance solder joint. That's right. So, now, in the maneuver, I, I mean, the motor does not, give more power no that's the key that's that people get this so confused <gasps> i put this motor in i've got more power no you do got not the same amount power. of power that you are capable of asking for that's right with you, your thumbs that's mm-hmm. right you might now if you are heavy-handed or you can fly hard enough to where you can demand more and here's the key you can demand more than your old motor could put out. Yes, you will feel more power, but you have to be able to demand it out of it. Yep, absolutely the case. And, and you know where this might go back to? And let, let's even go back to before we had the, the hobby wings and before the Contronics were ridiculously expensive. Oh, wait, that's right. Never mind. They always oh, were. <laughs> still oh, are, yeah. what are we going to say? But back when, you remember when flying at 100% wide open throttle was, was quite popular? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, on electrics, I remember when they came out, man. We were all flying Castle 120s and the Gov sucked. And it was just like, you know what? All the hardcore 3D guys just threw, just, they just flat out, uh-uh. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go wide open with it. Maybe a small V curve, right? Here's a situation where, remember, KV doesn't necessarily equate to power. Voltage doesn't necessarily equate to power. But in the situation of changing KV, you can change RPM. Because KV is going to be your RPM. So if you go from a 520 to a 560 KV motor. On the same gearing. In the same gearing and it's not governed. Here's the key. And it's not governed. You will feel more power because what you really got is more head speed. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely the case. So you really need to get down to a fundamental level and understand that the voltage is directly related to the RPM of that motor. And governors change everything. I mean, you know, even going back to me just talking about that I've tapped out the 550 KV Scorpion in my 500 and I'm going with a 670. Well, guess what? I'm not going to run any more RPM. So how could that possibly give me more power? Well, it's relative. I'm dropping a massive amount of voltage (laughs) because I have everything. The motor's maxed. My efficiency is in the garbage can. Well, and we get to what we've talked about before, where if you've got an undersized motor and, and, you know, there are instances like this where people are capable with skill, not with ham fists mm-hmm. uh, uh, of maxing out their power system. And in extreme cases, you end up getting commutation errors, which if it doesn't blow something up, boy, it does a number on your governor performance. 
yep, when that yep. tiny little motor goes and peaks out at 250 amps, you got to make a change. Yep. And so yep. your switch to this motor is in an attempt to go to a motor that has more capability to That's meet right. your power demand. Because I can yep. demand that out Not of it. Not because yep. you want a higher a higher RPM. Nope. Right. No, no, even so. Yeah, I'm I'm going up 120 kV and not getting any more RPM. But what I'm going to get is a motor that can deliver that has the capability, the potential to deliver more power, more efficiently, which is even weird. I know that's kind of hard to think. Well, wait, if I'm going to deliver more power, I'm going to pull more current. But how is it potentially going to be so more efficient? Well, it's going to be. Potentially more efficient because I'm just, I've maxed out and then some. Well, also because you're running a higher KV motor, which means you have less wire, which means you have lower winding resistance. Yeah. Yeah. So less heat dissipation. And and I want to get back to that, Nick, because, I mean, this is all well and good, but at, at the end of the day, why does it make sense to go to a different voltage or not? And, and I, and, and why does that, or does that not give you the advantage? Okay. In terms of being able to perform a maneuver or in the example you started with speed, why should I be able to, or not be able to go any faster? If you're maxing out your power system, then you got to make some changes. Voltage is one of them that you can make. KV is another, or uh, motor size is another, like you've just made on the 500 mm-hmm. Sport. But what I want to go back to is the losses, the dissipation. And remember, yes. I said the heat dissipation uh, is proportional to the square of the current. Okay. Yep. So if I double my current, the heat dissipation goes up by a factor of four. And if we do the numbers, I've got numbers here for a 6S a 14 or 12 S and a 14 S and we can compare them going from a 12 to a 14 S system or the same exact power of 5,000 Watts, uh, and same exact, uh, components, motor ESC drops the current by 14%. Okay. 12 to 14 drops Mm by 14%. It drops the power dissipation in all of those different elements, Jesse, that you're mentioning, connectors, et cetera, et cetera, by 27%. Okay. So now 27%, that sounds like a big number. And it is, except for the fact that generally speaking, the hottest component in your power system, if you do it right, is your motor, right? Yep. And Mm -hmm. uh, most people aren't going to bring a motor down at much hotter than a hundred or 110 C. Okay. That's over 200 degrees Fahrenheit. Let's say it's a hundred C, uh, uh, a 27% reduction in that temperature is not a lot guys. Yeah. Okay. So going from a cup, a hundred and change C to 80, 90, 70, even 50, who cares? The motor is capable of 200 C operation. 
Justin, but one thing to point out is you had mentioned that just for our, our example, we had a 5,000 watt base load. Yes. That is at the end of the power system. That is basically 5,000 watts to the head. Yeah. Now, when the current increases and your heat dissipation increases, you're actually going to be pulling or your battery is going to need to supply more wattage. Yes. Um, at the higher amperage to overcome all of those inefficiencies. Yeah. So your yeah. Supp- your batteries will actually be supplying more power than it will with the in the lower voltage system than it will with the higher voltage system because of all that additional heat dissipation. It's true, but what we've got to keep in perspective is most of this is in a transient case. Mm-hmm. No one's going around flying backwards inverted hurricanes for five minutes. Yep. During a flight. Tim Jones. No one's says. going and doing <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. Exception to the rule. Yeah. No one's going and doing a constant speed run at fifteen degrees of pitch and twenty six twenty six hundred RPM for two or three minutes. So these are transient events. Yep. And in the grand scheme of things, the switch to a different voltage level should be chosen as a result of uh, consideration for have I maxed out the capabilities of my components? For example, the biggest one is always the speed controller. Okay. Maybe the motor can handle 250 amps and 5,000 watts. Can the speed controller? Mm-hmm. Okay. That that's usually the, the weakest link. That's the one where people get, start getting nervous. Okay. So if you're maxed out, make that change. That's great, but please don't propagate the misconception that a simple change in voltage instantly provides me with more power. That is not a general case. And even going back, you know, if we go back to, I'm not trying to pick on that guy or anything, but, you know, he he was very, well, if I, you know, I I can't, I, I can't compete with 12S now. I have to go 14S. No, you don't have to. Now, in his case, he was obvi- He made it very clear that this was an extremely competitive situation, right? Um, that they he he was there to win. Period. He, in my opinion, did not look like there was much fun involved. It was if I don't if I don't feel that I can't win, I don't even want to play at all. Which, all right, that's his right. Let's not uh, let's also remind ourselves you have to be able to all of those efficiency losses that you guys are talking about, right? Uh, Losing everything through heat and how much better air quotes, the higher voltages, all of that only matters if you can load it up to that point. Yes. So when you know, if you will see bigger gains in return on going to a higher voltage if you are at the top end of what your current voltage can deliver. So if you are already stressing the packs hard, if you're stressing the speed controller, if you're stressing your motor, then yes, there's definite potential that you are going to get, you are going to see noticeable gains by going to a higher voltage. But you need to make sure that you're there first or yes. you're going to be let down, you know, 
now, okay, now that we've established that, I kind of want to tie it into one other one other situation because this was also brought up um, in in our Heli Freak group over there about my experience with 12S versus 6S on the 570. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and this is just awesome because it, it really does all tie together. Now, that's a huge, that's doubling the voltage, okay? And we know that I am not demanding the max that everything can give on that, regardless of voltage. I'm flying with a 100 amp low voltage speed controller on 6S, okay? Now, it happens to handle amperage great, but still, my point is that I'm nowhere tapped out, okay? And I went backwards. I went down. So what, what are the kind different- of power do you think you're pulling on that, Nick? You know, I'm starting to fly it at a little higher RP. I'm sitting at like 2300 right now. And I've seen some some healthy spikes on it, but you know, I'd have to put it out into a hurricane to really find out. I honestly just don't know because I've never flown that model this way. You know what I mean? This was my trainer. This was my learning heli. So I honestly yeah, but don't know. I, I I bet you you're probably in a few thousand watts. Oh yeah, say, for sure. Say three three thousand. Yeah, probably three. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, you know, in a twelve S setup, my packs were, dude, ambient. I mean, they didn't even flinch. Right, nothing got warm at all. Dropping down to a six S. A couple things changed. Now I can feel the temperature in my packs. Oh, you bet I can. Especially because I, I bumped up a little. You know, I, I changed more than just that. So I bumped up a little bit in head speed. Um, and now I can definitely see the change. I did lose about 15 seconds worth of flight time. Is it huge? No. But is it there? Yes, absolutely. That right there is a direct effect of the voltage thing that we were talking about. So now why why in the world, if there's two very clear negatives, why would I even consider success? Well, guess what? I happen to actually kind of like it better on this model. But I know that that comes with sacrifices. I love the single pack. I love that I fly it on the 500 tray instead of the 570 tray. Yep. So it's short and tall and squatty and I can put four packs in the amount of real estate like in a bag or whatever that it took to put two packs before uh, and it's lighter I'm about a hundred grams lighter which does come into play anytime you go up in voltage very rarely if ever I don't like to say never but very 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 rarely do you go up in voltage and lose weight if you do it right, you can usually get pretty close uh, in weight, but don't be surprised if you do gain a little bit of weight uh, going up. I like the way it flies light. I like the portability for it. I am aware that I am getting less cycles out of my packs. I know that. Anytime the more load you put on a battery, you are going to get less cycles out of it, period. I mean, I would be willing to bet that if we did like a 10 amp load on these packs, 10 amps, charge it back up. 
10 amps, charge it back up. We could probably get 500 cycles out of all these packs. But it's not going to happen because we're pulling way more current than that. Justin, there's a great example. Your speed batteries. Why is it that Nick gets 200 cycles out of my 12S pack, but you get 60? 30, 40. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's because of the load that you're demanding on it. Yeah, exactly. So there, there really is a lot of considerations. It's not always better to go higher, but my, my, you know, what we're really trying to get across here is that higher does not just automatically equal more power. I am sorry, but I have no more power with 12 S and the five seventy than I do with six S. Yes, I agree completely. Things will get a lot hotter. They won't last as long, but sometimes those aren't the considerations you need to make if you're not pushing it to the limit. That's all what it's about. Yep. Motors do not automatically give power. They have capability of giving power if required. Requested. After changing my custom charging case about 12 times now, I've really come to appreciate what the guys at Progressive RC bring to the hobby. With a huge selection of charging accessories such as balance boards, charge leads, connectors, adapters, case fans, and more, you'll be sure to find exactly what you need to make your custom charging system really shine. And if you're not interested in going DIY style, then hit them up for one of their turnkey charging systems. Just choose your options and you'll be charging in no time. Head on over to www.progressiverc.com today and get that spark back into your hobby. Progressive RC, taking charging to the next level. Cool. Well, yes. I'm glad that we could kind of kind of debunk that because uh that one was that one was bugging me. So speaking of that, how is the How's the MISFA rules going? They're they're going really well. We like you alluded to the the documents been out now as we record this for about a week and a half and we have gotten loads of feedback. All of it very positive, even in some of the more I'll call them blunt or aggressive forms of opinionated opinionated they've still recognized you know that overall things look good and they're pleased with what we're trying to do but you know they have issues here and there so uh you know not just as you can see them on the uh the heli freak forum or in the facebook posts but we're also getting a lot of feedback privately which is fine some people don't want to voice their opinions to public and i'm i'm good with that but we absolutely have been listening um i have been boy i i've been revising that document and adding and subtracting mm-hmm. and modifying uh, ever since we started getting feedback i think uh, we're probably a day or so away from getting that next and hopefully final revision out i'm going to say it's final because I think we're close enough to the point where we can live with what we've got for two years as a provisional set of rules. 
And if we have to make an emergency mod, then we will. But the end result, I think, even in comparison to what we submitted for review a week and a half ago, will be a much cleaner, self-explanatory, fair, and I'm hoping fun structure, which is really the key. That's that's ultimately what we're looking for here is we got to have a consistent set of rules to live by and to compete by. But overall, we want to still be able to have fun. Surprisingly challenging. Justin and I have had many back and forth on, you know, he'll, hey, what do you think about this? And it's, I mean, I never would have thought that just getting the classes divided up, the, you know, by all the different stuff, what determines novice, what determines pro, is there going to be voltage limit? This, wow. I mean, he has put a ton into this. So, you know, while some things I've come straight out and been like, nope, you're an idiot. Don't like it. Yeah, that's stupid. That's stupid. And then five minutes later, I'm like, "Mm, okay, I see it. You're right. That was a hurt. Like, you have to do something with that because you just have to. You have to have some sort of rule for that. And and then it makes sense. So that's what I would advise people. Don't just read through it and kind of, you know, hip shot everything. You kind of have to think about it and think, why are we doing all this? We've got a lot of models out there and they just, everything plays into these classes so weird, you know? It is, and and we want to be able to stand behind why did we choose to do it that way. It's not a just because. Here's Mm -hmm. the reason. You may not agree with the reasoning, but we have the ability to substantiate our our position on that. I, I think I'm really looking forward to getting past the rules and getting into the season because what what's really exciting, uh, Nick, is that you know we're we're working on our website. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be done, but it'll be here sometime in the near term. We're working on getting set up to to actually accept members, uh, which is very exciting. And ultimately, what we're looking to do, and it it'll be a work in progress, right? Nothing happens overnight. But what we're looking to do is. Uh, once we get the rules out there and we get, we, you know, we're going to start with local, with grassroots, people that want to do speed events. Hey, take a look at the rules. See if you agree. If you do, then why don't you become certified as an MHSFA event coordinator or a contest director? That means you know the rules. You've been certified or trained on the rules to the point where you can go and run your own event uh, that you can put the official MHSFA stamp on. And what that then means is that members that are competing in those events are going to get their ranks and their records and their points count on the website. And we'll track it as a little competition circuit throughout the season. So you can see how you're doing against other people. You know, you can compare yourselves to friends across the country. Uh, regardless of what your aspirations are, whether it's just grassroots fun or whether you ultimately aspire to go to something bigger like Urcha Speed Cup or OHB or even something overseas. That's what I think is cool. That's like awesome. That's what I'm really excited about. Like, let's say, you know, I show up to 
our fun fly or Snohomish or whatever, and and we do a run, and I'm like, yeah, I got second, or maybe maybe I maybe I get first in my class, you know? Yep. I I want to be involved in it, and I want to compete within the whole circuit because. You know, I might hop on there the next weekend and go, dude, I'm feeling awesome. And then you find out, you know, some guy over in wherever. New York. New York smoked my run. <laughs> yep. It's like, ooh, okay, don't settle. Get back out there and hit Do better it. next time. Yeah. Or yep. you might find out, damn, I am like leading the pack. This is awesome. And, and I think it's just great. It's a great way to be involved across the nation and across everywhere while still, you know, kind of doing your own thing. Yeah, that's right. There's no, no pressure on either end. You get, you get out of it what you would like. We just want to set up an infrastructure that allows people to have fun and learn and compete. And especially with how much fun you can have with the, even just stock models. I mean, dude. Oh, yeah, dude. Big time. You do not have to build. I got to tell you, this my 500 sport is just ripping. And dude, I am that having thing's a-, a kick in the pants. And it oh, is a yeah. stock model. I mean, what did you do other than running it at, you know, maybe a thousand or so RPM higher than you're supposed to? It's It's right out of the box. It is. It is directly straight out of the box. I have one modification to it. And it is a, and I'm not going to give all my secrets away because I am look trying at, look, to win. Jesse, look at this, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have one modification, but it's with an SAB part. So okay. there you go. There's a, there's a yeah. hint. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I love it. I think it's awesome. Inexpensive to get into, uh, especially in this 500 class, 500 or like 570, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. What a hoot. And you can get way faster than you think do not underestimate that 500 class yeah i, I mean, agree I'm, man we're i'm we're talking i'm creeping in the 120 mile an hour range that so, is not that's slow awesome. especially no. when it's a little tiny model too yes right because it's all it's all that visual perspective and when you see a 500 blasting past you at 120 miles an hour that's exciting yeah not to mention that it sounds like a freaking turbo blender (laughs) yeah yeah and you can have i mean i have no intention to compete with anything bigger and i just think it's awesome it's inexpensive in the grand scheme of things and it's it's one more thing here's how i look at it i'm already gonna go to a fun fly I'm already going to have a blast. It is one more thing that I can enjoy to do within the hobby. Yeah. Yep. And it brings that competitive side out without having to feel like you've got to be able to throw down in 3D. That's another big thing. I feel like I actually have a chance at 36 years old, all this gray hair, you know, barely trying to hang on to my pyro flips here. I feel like I've got a chance. Yep. And I dig that. Yeah. No, I agree, man. And that's, that is really what it's all about. And we'll see in the next couple of years, whether this is enough, uh, advocacy and, and, and pushing it to get 
more people involved or if it doesn't happen. And, you know, it is what it is either way. But I think competition is fun. It's not something that people always need to take serious. And that's what we're trying to do. And and you 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 don't just win, right? You will be able to get a rank and say, hey, I'm Nick Lent. I'm ranked number blah. Look yeah. at look at I've got three medals for second and two firsts or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. So if there are people or clubs out there listening that are interested in giving speed a try, please get in contact with me and let me know. I got a couple already that I think we're going to try to dry run the whole MHSFA competition circuit with this season. Uh, but yeah, guys, let, let me know. It's, it's not that difficult. Uh, we can help you get set up and yeah. Get very low cost it. to get nice. into for the, for the fun fly people. Very low cost. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you don't need even for just this stuff. I mean, they don't even have to get into all the timing systems, right, Justin? No, uh, we, you know, in the rules document, that's one of the big updates that you guys will see coming up here is that I've added a timing methods section. While it doesn't go into all the deep math, it will give you a couple of options for how to do it. And it can be as simple as two stopwatches, which, mm-hmm. as you two know, is how we did our CHM. Yep. Yeah. And it was a worked. Cool. Nice, well, thanks, man. man, for all the information on that. We appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. We got a listener question. Yes, finally, dude. Someone actually did a, a this is a recorded one, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, so this is from Adam Burkhart, I do believe. And he's got a question about nitro bladders. Let's take a listen to that. Hey guys, this is citizen number 328 from Dayton, Ohio. Hi, my name's Adam and I've got a question about nitro fuel bladders. I've been pretty happy with my OMI fuel magnets. However, I've had a hard time finding them in the last few months. Although I have a few spares, I'm curious about how fuel bladders work. I've heard a lot of guys talk about balloons, the color of balloons, and even the type of fuel line used inside of the balloons. How often do you need to replace the balloons, etc., etc.? Any input you guys have would be fantastic. All right. Fantastic question, Adam. <laughs> I, this one's so near and dear to my heart. Nick, yeah, you got to take this I was going to say, so, I know someone who has experience with this. Yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's a, ooh, it's a double-edged sword. Okay, so there isn't a good way. How about that? There's just not a great way to do it. Most of the time in doing it, um, you can, depending on the the factory hole size in your tank, um, what I have done in the past is you can go down to your Joe Schmo hobby shop or whatever, and they sell kits for the generic planker fuel tanks. And it's just a little stopper kit that goes in and it has two brass fuel lines that go through it. And you, you, plunk it in the hole and you tighten it down. It's got a plastic washer on the back that pulls it and expands it to seal it up. So that's what you use for the, like the actual hardware. Now on the inside of the bladder coming off of, um, coming off of that 
fuel line on the inside. What you do is you make this really weird, and I'm going to use the term clunk line, but it's not really a clunk. It ends up being, you know, say about three inches long, two and a half, three inches long, slightly shorter than the length of the balloon. And you cut all these V slots in it, like all the way around it. And basically what it is, is that it allows it to, to suck fuel from all the way around the, um, all the way around the diameter of the hose and the length of the hose as much as possible. So that no matter if the balloon sucks up to the side of it, you always have the ability to suck fuel from the other side. Because in theory, in a perfect working bladder system, there's no air inside the bladder at all. On paper, it works freaking amazing. When it's working, it cannot be beat. And I can tell you this hands down. Nothing out there will give you a more consistent tune flight after flight. Like, amazing. It doesn't lean out. You're flying. And that's it. It shuts off. You get like no a lean light out. switch. Like a light switch. No lean yep. out warning. No nothing. So you can beat the ever living crap out of this thing right to the last drop. And you don't have to worry about hurting the motor. Which is which is really cool. Regardless of the maneuver or whatnot. Now, here comes the negatives. Which are very challenging. Number one. Is the visibility portion of it. Most fuel tanks are not perfectly clear. They're slightly cloudy in color. When you put fuel inside of a bladder, or, you know, we'll also call it a balloon, it gets very difficult to physically see inside the tank to tell how much you have left. So you really need to switch over to running a timer on your nitro, which a lot of people don't do and aren't used to doing. Here's his most single most difficult question. What do you use and how often do you change it out? Well, what we have always ended up using is balloons. What kind of balloon is the best? I don't know. When you find it, let me know. Because they all suck. Yeah, dude. How long till you change it out? One flight before it breaks. That's right. <laughs> or when it breaks. When it or breaks. when it breaks. Because it can. I have had them last 10 flights. I've had them last 30 flights. Never longer than that. And there's also a time factor in there. Not just a flight factor, but it's a time factor. Because the nitro deteriorates regular balloons. Now, when I say regular balloons, usually what we were going for is we'd go down to like a party store or the grocery stores that blow up the big birthday balloons, and you're going for the thickest, most robust, burliest balloon possible. You know, which brand? Oh, man, that's like saying which brand car is the best. It's a personal thing. It's really hard to find anything consistent. And then even then, you run into the problems with colors. Generally, you want to try and get a more natural, clearish color balloon 
Those are harder to find. Ugh. Dude, it's, it's a, painful. Man. It really is painful. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it is a flat out pain in the ass. It's a commitment. It is. <laughs> it is a commitment. And when it breaks, you'll run out just like that. I mean, like you'll know when the balloon breaks because you will be autoing. So if you are not proficient at your auto rotations, do not run a bladder. <laughs> if you are looking for 100% maximum performance out of your nitro engine and you are very in tune with everything and you are willing to make the commitment to that increase of maintenance, it's awesome. Um, there are some funny little things that will happen. You will guaranteed one, two, maybe three, maybe even four times spray yourself down with nitro. Uh, because <laughs> when you fill the balloon, the balloon is pressurized. When you uh. unhook your fuel pump and then your fuel line slips out of your hand, it is now like a little whizzing nitro machine. <laughs> That, as Jesse has witnessed, uh, yes. sprays really far. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So that's always real cool. Like, real, real cool. But the tune consistency, it's just nuts. Not only do you have the compression factor from the balloon, but, you know, on, uh, you know, on regulated motors, you, there's just, there's no air in there. I don't know how this would work now that I think about it. I don't think that this would work with um, muffler pressure motors because it's no. my, I have not done it myself, but my hunch is that between exhaust gas temperature and the exhaust gas, it would deteriorate the balloon very rapidly. I haven't done it myself for sure. I've always done it on YSs. But boy, let me tell you, fresh balloon in there, full tank of fuel. It's incredible the way it flies. Very, it's like, it's almost like this just killer, I don't know how to explain it. It makes tuning so clear and so precise and very predictable. Every click you do, you can feel and it makes sense. It tunes exactly how you expect it to do, which really puts into perspective how much air we end up getting in our fuel line and how much that can throw uh, throw the throw the tune off. So, yeah, you know, if you got a spare fuel tank, you want to try it. It's a fuel tank, some balloons, and that that uh, planker tank stopper, and that's all you're really out. But you better be, yeah, and some blades, and some skids, and some, yeah. well, <laughs> and some and some patience too. Because yeah. I mean, I I've done the balloon before. I'll, I'll tell you. First of all, let me echo everything that you just said, Nick. The tune is consistent from start to finish. There's no variation in performance. It's it's weird. It's a, it's almost it's almost fake feeling because yeah. you're not used to a fuel like an actual living breathing engine behaving this way and yet it does. So that aspect of it is great. Um on on the couple of models that I've done it on, I've had, I'll call it, varying levels of frustration surrounding 
implementing it in those specific tank configurations. Um, more often than not, I found that I needed to do some dremeling or drilling or cutting of the carbon fiber side frames because of the way that the little, like you said, the planker, the Dubrow style fuel stopper with the copper or the brass tubes have to fit in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not like, I don't mind that, but a lot of people don't like chopping shit up. Well, and that's another thing that I forgot about is that if you have a tank style where your inlet and, you know, your outlet, your fittings uh, reside in the middle of the frame, then you're really screwed because you will be pulling your tank all the way out to, to change the balloon. balloon, I did mine on a T-Rex 700 with a fitting uh, with the stopper on that sat on the outside of the frame. So I could pull it in and out fairly easily and it was still a pain in the ass. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, there you go, Adam. Thank you Mm. for the question. Hope that kind of shed some light on it. I mean, there, there's there's reasons that guys run them. You know, you know, how, we all know how hard Tim Jones flies, and he was like one of the original people that I ever knew of that was running it. And there is a reason why. But if you want to have no issues with it, once you find a good brand of balloon, personally, I almost put one in every Saturday morning when I went flying. That's just kind of what I did it up that was part of my routine maintenance like the night before or the day of i would go out there put a new one in fly for the day or fly for that weekend and then plan on swapping it out next week sometimes i could get two weeks out of it. Hmm. yeah Ooh. which makes me think what am i gonna do in the goblin nitro i haven't crossed that bridge yet so i don't know Hmm. Well, boys. Yeah, yeah. Been a good one. It was a fun conversation. Yeah, I agree. I liked it. Awesome. So we've got, uh, let's see, we got a couple things going on. We, uh, I'm in the middle of the battery review. Jesse's got the uh, 96. Holy cow, yeah. that's awesome. That's going to be a blast. Justin's working on the three digis, so be looking for those. I also have a bump controller review that's going to be coming out pretty quick. I'm right at about that point where I feel 100% comfortable in all of the positives and the negatives uh, for that. We've got a couple really cool episodes coming up, lined out some great interviews that I think you guys are going to enjoy. So uh, make sure you're hanging in there. Please, please get your events sent over to Ken at rchelynation.com so we can get those on the calendar which you can subscribe to, and it'll show up on your phone. So you just know right where to go. We do still have some apparel left in the store. So if you're looking for some stuff, I know we're starting to get a little bit low. We're just trying to get all the monies and the pennies and all that stuff figured out for the year and how we're going to make that happen. And then once we do, um, we'll do the best that we can for that. Uh, let's see the, oh, Justin, will you please quickly talk about the FAA thing and what people need to do? Ah, yes. Okay. So 
We can put a link up in our show notes. I think that would be prudent to do. You probably have already seen it by now on Facebook or in email from the AMA. But here's the situation. Uh, The FAA is currently trying to push a an update to the current rule set or laws that would in a nutshell impose a very stringent design and manufacturing and build standards on uh, all model aircraft and I, and I think that would be targeted to start at the manufacturer okay uh, it would also require that models be certified as having been built or designed correctly, which of course has a significant impact on our ability as DIY hobbyists to do anything, right? If now you have to have a certification uh, that your model, you and your model passed a test and you've got to carry that around and be able to produce it if someone were to ask for it. Uh, In addition to that, they are trying to make it so that any flying within five miles of an airport will require notification and um, uh, seeking of approval of those flights. And that would have a significant impact on a lot of clubs. I think my club actually falls into that category. It does. Because we are within four or five miles of the, the civil airport across the way where the skydivers are. So that's very concerning. And so what AMA has done is they've set up a link uh, in the email on their website that will allow you, you click this link, it brings you to a pre-written letter. And that letter is um, uh, asking or requesting your uh, local representative, your senator's support of a a bill or a amendment, I don't know exactly what it is, an amendment to this rule set uh, that would prevent this from being imposed on model aircraft and allow those model aircraft to still fall under the 2012 special rule. Uh, it's so painless, it's ridiculous. And I really got to, you know, uh, give uh, give a shout out to the AMA for doing this. You click the link, goes to the website, you say, yes, I want to submit to my local representatives. You type in your zip code. It says, oh, you're from Washington. Here are your representatives. Do you want to send them an email? Yes. You click the button. It brings up a form that already has the letter typed up. It asks you for your name and contact info. You click submit and you are done. It is sent off to that rep. Uh, you guys, you gotta do this. You absolutely have to do this because if this gets passed, I think it will absolutely destroy the hobby. It will crater it. Everything that we love to do. Yeah, no good. Agreed. Get her done. I have to move to Canada. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, Nick, because in my post on Facebook, I had a number of people contact me and say, you know, this this is ridiculous. And I'm not even uh, in the U.S. I'm from another country. And I recognize the threat that this represents to the entire global community. Can I write your representatives? 
I honestly don't know the answer to that. If, if anyone knows, please let us know. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. That's a yeah, great point. Yeah, because I mean, the obvious concern is if they impose this on a company, and that company chooses as a business decision to no longer do business in the U.S., that's a big impact. Yeah. Ugh. Mm, not all good. right. Well, let's just all right and hope we can nip that one in the butt. Yes. Yep. Cool. All righty. Anything else that I'm forgetting? I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah. Justin, if I wanted to send an email to you and get a hold of you, or maybe not email, whatever. If I just wanted to talk to you, how would I do that? You could send me an email. Sorry, I'm I'm choking here. <clears throat> you could send me an email to Justin at rchelynation.com. Or catch me on Facebook or the forums as Justin Pucci. Jesse, what about you? You could send me an email to jesse at rclanation.com or catch me on Facebook as well. Awesome. And you guys could send me an email at nick at rclanation.com. Uh, catch me on my Facebook page at nicklenrchn or I'm floating around in our forum as well. You want to get a hold of Dan, say hi, see how he's doing or whatever. You could send him an email at dan at rchellynation.com or Dan K. Reed on the forums. Uh, Ken, if you have any citizen questions or store questions, Ken is your guy, and that's ken at rchellynation.com. Who wants to take us out? Oh, I can take us out. I think you should. All right, let's do it. All right, guys, this has been episode 220. 29. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this show as much as we enjoyed making it. We will talk to you next Monday. Later. Email your reps. Does the nitro say? This has been a production of RC Heli Nation LLC and is brought to you by Soko Heli Tools. Progressive RC, Rev Electrics USA, Lower Heli, BK Servos, Spartan Flybarless Systems, and Superiority. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email. <laughs>